Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today? I'm doing good, how are you doing today? Not too bad, doing alright. Um, what have you been playing in the last week or so? Uh, I've been bouncing around a few things. i uh, got a couple more chapters done on uh, Detroit Become Human. Mm-hmm. I really want to like that game more than I do. It's just that the more that I play it, the more that I just want like one or two characters and be able to play like three or four story segments in a row. This constant bouncing back and forth is just getting more and more on my nerves. Uh, I've been playing a good chunk of Everybody Golf. I picked that up on a PlayStation still a while ago, and it's, you know, it scratches my little mini golf uh, itch that I get every now and then. Okay, that's good. I've uh, been bouncing around the Magic the Gathering online um, for their current update, the arena. It's it's not bad. I mean, it's just one of those things that uh, um, I really wish it was on console and not on uh, PC exclusively, but that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. outside of that, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Cool. So you... So what I'm gathering from you is that you are enjoying Detroit. You just want to play it slightly differently, like story-wise or like structure-wise? Yeah. I mean, I don't dislike it. I mean, graphically, it's very well done. Mm-hmm. It's very well well written. They obviously put a lot of thought into the story. It's just that, you know, give me a story with like one character, maybe two characters, picking three characters, and then just constantly bouncing around between them just gets old after a while. Okay. Have you uh, got anyone killed by accident yet? See, I don't know if people are supposed to die or not. That's kind of the problem with those types of games is that uh, you never really know on that. Um, I Marcus died, but I think he's kind of supposed to die in that sequence. Okay. No, you, you can you can either have it anywhere in between everyone dies or everyone lives or a mixture of that. Um, no, I, I just finished out the segment where Marcus grabs random body parts and cr- climbs out of the uh, grave. So the grave, the grave. It's been a while since I played it. The the pit where they throw all the leftover robot parts. Oh yeah, yeah, and you have to like crawl up or whatever. You have to like replace. You have to wander around and find random body parts to replace your broken body parts, and then you can get out. I just finished that segment. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, on my first playthrough, I got everyone killed by accident so uh, I decided to replay it and then uh, get everyone saved which was much nicer so um, but yeah hopefully you continue to enjoy that and everything um, interesting you said about this uh, golf game how's that going I enjoy it I mean it's I mean it's a straight-up golf game so there's no you know thrills or flashes or anything like that but it is something that you know you can do just as a little bit more of an aside mm-hmm. um, it's, it, it's just interesting that you mentioned that because I'm playing everybody's golf VR at the moment so um i think basically i'm probably playing the vr version of uh whatever you're playing so uh, i think i might have actually bought the, the full version that includes vr just because of the sale type so mm-hmm. um yeah I, i'm finding it to be to be quite good so far i've uh progressed a little bit in it and uh it's just one of them things where like because it's vr and it's a little bit finicky because of motion controls you can't quite hit the ball exactly how you want to because golf's like a really really delicate sport isn't it like you have to really mm-hmm. hit your ball quite precisely and sometimes that just doesn't happen um but no i'm finding it to be quite good it's just a you know i i mean one of the reasons i'm playing it is because it is in vr i haven't quite got the same golf itch maybe that you've got but uh I, i'm enjoying it when i kind of jump in do do a course or whatever 
Um, I think I've unlocked one of like the second phases or whatever. Like when you unlock the six hole course maybe or something. But uh, yeah, I'm on the same page as you pretty much. It's just fun to kind of uh, do that every now and again. Um, so other stuff I've been playing. Um, I'm still doing my uh, coach mode uh, thing in Pro Evolution Soccer. Um, I haven't played it for, for a couple of days or so. But um, I am currently on an unbeaten run. I think I've won eight games and drawn two. Uh, I've got Liverpool next, so that's going to be quite interesting to see how that goes. Uh, playing in uh, on Dreams as well. That's obviously one of the big uh, talking points as of late. You know, one of the, one of the bigger games that's been released recently. I I like Dreams a lot. I can really see where there's a bunch of potential. I'm very interested. I'm more kind of in, kind of interested in okay in like six months when all these games are like, hey, I built this thing and it's got potential. Like, what does that look like when it's kind of finished, sort of thing. Because, um, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, in terms of in terms of when I play Dreams, uh, I haven't played any of Media Molecules actual campaigns that they made because there's three different little ones uh, that that they did. One's more of like an art sort of thing. One is like a platformer, and there's a third one as well. Uh, I haven't jumped into any of those yet. But to be honest, when it comes to me actually jumping in and playing any of Dreams. I kind of only want to play sort of like the best stuff on there because there's so many things on there. You go, oh, let's quickly jump into this little like Spider-Man level, and like there's a great concept there, but there's like nothing in the level, so it's just going to depend on you know uh, what what other people kind of get around to finishing and stuff. And the one kind of thing I've noticed is, um, or or kind of realised is like as as great it, as great as it is for these gamers to come in and like make levels and stuff like that. I've just noticed a lot of people saying like, hey, I'm going to make this one, I've got more time to do so, and that sort of thing, as opposed to, you know, if your job is a game developer, and you've got all day to um, put time into developing these games, uh, then, you know, they'll have more time to do it. It's just the case that, like, you know, people that are basically coming home from their day jobs, and then spending, like, two or three hours doing a Dreams level, it's just just going to take so much longer. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what the game's like in, in a couple of months or whatever. There's been a couple of really good things that have been made so far. Um, I want to introduce a new segment to the podcast as well, involving Dreams and uh, something else. I'll do that here in a little bit once I finish talking about other stuff I've been playing. But yeah, the, the idea of it's really great, I think. It's got a lot of really great potential. It just, it just pr- depends on when that potential gets kind of fulfilled and what that looks like after. I suppose. Um, but w- any thoughts on dreams, like the whole you know gamers making games kind of thing? I mean, it's one of those things that's always good in theory, but you never really know if that's going to work out or not. I mean, they what was the the Microsoft one that was kind of doing the same thing? Oh, Project um, Spark. Yeah, Project Spark. I mean, what have we heard from Project Spark at all recently? Nothing. No, it's, it's been not dead that it was for ever bad. Years, so. Yeah, it's not that it was ever bad. It's just that eventually you want to play a game that somebody you know professionally made, not that somebody kind of you know slapped hand together at the last moment or was just you know trying to be artsy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it just depends on when people actually finish making things that they've started. So uh, it's good. Yeah, it's got good good potential, on it, and eventually I'll just play uh, the levels that Media Molecule made and uh, go from there. So. Um, what was the other thing I was going to mention? Uh, what's the other thing? Oh, Call of Duty, obviously. I uh, haven't had any install problems since the uh, reinstall for, for Season 2 and stuff. Basically what I did, because remember last week I spoke about the DLC thing that was free that wasn't triggering the download? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that basically, it, basically, I reinstalled the game again, and it and it came up, and then I just downloaded that, and I haven't had any problems since. So, um, you got in, uh, a couple of new maps. This uh, I can't remember the specific name, but it's like this supermarket that's been kind of destroyed and all that sort of thing. I I kind of like that. It's kind of good. It's I, some maps on the game do just have too much space and too many little corners where people can just hide and things like that. And it's interesting to me that one of one of the biggest complaints about this Call of Duty is campers. And then they go and make a map where there's just dozens of little corners. Uh, like, the, think of a supermarket and how many p- little places you could kind of hide and stuff. And then, like, if you knock down certain shelves or boxes are kind of loose and you can hide behind them. And, like, it, you know when you go in a, a supermarket kind of thing and you've got shelves? Well, you've got, like, because this is, like, a really big kind of supermarket so you can literally like climb on those sorts of shelves and you can like hide on hide on one kind of thing um so it, it, it's good it's it's good for certain things you know here and there but uh, i've mostly been playing whoops i've mostly been playing uh cyber attack which is to, to me just a better version of search and destroy because you can revive your teammates and stuff so um been pretty much playing that um wanted to give an update on uh, fifa me and my dad of course still playing fifa we've got one game left in the premier league uh, that's all we've got left for the season, and if we draw or win it, we will win the uh, Premier League. So by next week, I'll let you know. I'll let you all know how that goes. So um, that's pretty much the update on that. Uh, what was the other thing that I played? I think that's pretty much it. You know, Call of Duty, bit of Dreams, uh, a bit of Pro Evolution Soccer, just for the coach mode stuff, bit of FIFA, and um, that's pretty much it at the moment. So. Um, yeah, I want to introduce a little, new, very small little segment into Dreams. I don't quite know what I'm going to call it yet, but it's going to be to do with reviewing people's creations of Crash Bandicoot in Dreams. And I'm going to put a little thing in here. So uh, we'll be back for that in just a second. So that's a little segment thing. I haven't actually at this moment quite chosen what I'm going to be putting in, but you'll of course would have would have heard it just then. Um, yeah, I found a couple of interesting little creations. A couple of which you know were just like incomplete. And uh, there was this one level that I tried. Um, so this is me specifically talking about Crash Bandicoot made levels on Dreams, because uh, some people have obviously gone in there and tried to do that. I think like the very first one that I clicked on, it was like Crash Bandicoot stuck in a T pose. Um, so obviously the person hadn't finished making that. There was, there's been a couple of pretty decent ones actually that I've, I've made. Um, one interesting thing that some creators have decided to do is instead of spinning the boxes to like crack them open, you can just kind of like walk into them. It's, uh, it's kind of weird when you do it, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's been a couple of good levels. Once I kind of, um, get a bit more specific with them, I'll, I'll start writing down like names and people who've made levels and then you can you can uh, then yourself go and uh, check them out as well so uh just yeah i wanted to introduce uh, a, a little kind of segment um how do you kind of feel about that yeah it's i mean it's a new product so you you never really know what you're going to get with things that are created 
Mm-hmm. And then besides that, you know, you got to find a, a way to do that and a way to market it and a way to bring it out. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what I find, like, uh, concentrated-wise, I suppose, in terms of uh, Crash um, creations. So, And it's interesting to see, you know, some of the Crash Bandicoots look a little bit different and all that sort of thing. So we'll see how that goes. But I uh, just wanted to use this week to kind of introduce that segment kind of thing so uh, let's go into our next segment which is a bit of housekeeping we'll see you for that in a minute today's sponsor is Kualu if you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started they also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner so get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past and get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier. That gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review, which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, today I went to go and see 1917. It was one of the the films that did really well at the Oscars, won a couple of awards and was of course nominated for Best Picture. Didn't win it, but it lost out to uh, Parasite, which I also recently went and reviewed uh, this week, yesterday as well. So both of those reviews are on the website for 1917 and for Parasite. So that's some good stuff there. Um, bit of big news this week, entertainment talk-wise. We have a brand new co-host. I remember last week discussing that we were going to do a podcast on Tuesday, which was yesterday. We recorded that podcast. It's now available on the website. So if you want to listen to uh, me and Barry, the name of the new co-host that we've got on Entertainment Talk, uh, you can go and do that as well. Um, so yeah, it's called Discussion with New Co-Host, DC Horror, and uh, The Stranger. We both like uh, DC quite a lot. We spoke a lot about The Batman. And some upcoming films, a little bit about Birds of Prey and some other stuff like that. And we talked, we gave some uh, spoiler-free impressions on The Stranger. Talked a bit about horror, some of our favourite horror films and TV shows and that sort of stuff. So uh, check that out as well. And I hope you'll all uh, enjoy listening to Barry because we've got some other podcasts uh, planned with him as well. So uh, how do you feel about that, new co-host? Yeah, I can't wait to talk to the person. I, I did listen to the podcast, but obviously, you know, there's a big difference between listening to the podcast and then talking to somebody, you know, close to close and all mm-hmm. you know on the mic and whatever so uh, we'll just see how it goes from there cool yeah and uh it's 90 minutes long so you can enjoy a lengthy conversation between uh myself and barry uh in there uh parasite film review i've already um already talked about that amazon prime review me continuing to review the different streaming services both free and paid i'm starting off with the paid ones though of course amazon netflix was last week amazon is this week so if you want my thoughts on content wise app wise structure wise promotion wise that sort of thing on streaming services uh netflix and amazon are the first two out at the moment i'm going to be covering uh, now tv next week which is basically 
the British HBO, but it's cheap version of Sky, that sort of thing. Uh, so I'll be discussing that next week. Uh, United cast Man United uh, yesterday, not yesterday, sorry, two days ago, beat uh, Chelsea 2-0 away. Very good win, very, very important win uh, as well. Uh, we're going to be playing against Bruges tomorrow in the Europa League. Another big game. Uh, they're all pretty big games from here on out, basically, uh, for Man United. So uh, I'll be covering that game on Friday. But, of course, the Man United-Chelsea podcast is already out. Let's play Sundays for Skyrim VR, Sonic Film Review, Spoiler Free, Spoiler Split. Last week on Gaming Talk, we talked, obviously, about Crash Bandicoot, Anthem, and Twin Breaker. Uh, Netflix Review, like I've already discussed. And, of course, next week... Um, We've got uh, Walking Dead and Better Call Saul are both returning for second half of season 10 for Walking Dead and season 5 for Better Call Saul. So we're going to be starting actual episode coverage of those next week, me and David. Uh, But preview podcasts for those are out. If you want to get involved, go and listen to those as well. And that's what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's move into the news. like to talk about today uh well the first bit of news i have to talk about uh long time listeners to the podcast know that i am a huge state of decay and state of decay 2 fan i've been playing quite a lot of them over the course of my time here on this podcast and uh last week on uh, this week on xbox uh the guys over at undead labs announced the full details of their new update to state of decay it is called the Juggernaut Edition, which obviously if you played the game, uh, Juggernaut's one of the big, big bads in the game, and you really don't want to mess with them. <laughs> uh, so this update includes a new open-world map for players to explore uh, called Providence Ridge. They've completely rebuilt the post-tutorial experience to better teach players uh, facets of the game, and that's always been... Not an issue, but just something you have to keep in note is that there's a lot that isn't said in the game. And so, you know, a lot of it's kind of figure out, you know, trial by error, that kind of thing. So it looks like they're going to do a lot more into that. Uh, they've included a new category of heavy melee weapons, a wide range of graphical improvements, and a better control scheme, which separates dodge and stealth from the same keyboard slash button command. Uh, they've also fixed, you know, various bugs, improved audio experiences, included additional music, that kind of thing. Uh, the Juggernaut Edition includes all three add-on packs uh, released to date, which is Independence Day, uh, Daybreak, and Heartland. If you already own Daybreak, Heartland, or purchased the Ultimate Edition of State of K2, you'll get some in-game gifts. Um, you'll just have to log in. This launches on Xbox and PC Friday the 13th in March. So, mm. you know, perfect timing for that. Yeah. Uh, did you ever get around to getting to playing this game? Um, we did both play State of Decay 1 and 2, didn't we? Um, we both reviewed, I think, separately State of Decay 2, like two years yeah. ago, a year ago. About that. It's been, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a long time. Um, haven't returned to the game since. I don't quite have any intention to do so. In terms of zombie games, for me, it's going to be Dying Light. Um, and of course, you know, Last of Us 2, when that comes out, uh, I'm just so excited for that game right now. Um, 
yeah, I mean, you know, like we always kind of say on the podcast, if someone enjoys something, I'm not saying I don't enjoy State of Decay 2, I just no longer feel the need to play it because I did the main story. And, uh, well, I think I did the main story. I played my feel of the game and uh, seen no, have no reason uh, to kind of go back. Um, but uh, like we will say on the podcast, if someone's playing a game and they get more uh, or new and or more content uh, for the game and it makes that person happy and that content works, um, then that's great for that particular crowd. So um, I assume you're still in that, in that crowd, like interested in, in this content and stuff for the game? Uh, I jump into it every now and then. I don't play it as regularly as I used to, but you know, it's still something that's in my rotation. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, but yeah, best of luck to everybody who's playing. Hope you have a good time, and uh, we'll see where they take the game from there. When do you think we could get like a state of the K three? It's hard telling. The fact that it's been about a year and a half since the state of the K two came out, and we're getting a new update for it, mm-hmm. um, tells me that they're still really working hard on that game. I don't doubt that at some point we'll get a state of the K three. Uh, because one, this is a studio that's owned by Microsoft, so mm-hmm. it and two, it's been a very good success for them, both commercially and otherwise. I mean, this is a come out of nowhere game back during the Xbox 360 uh, summer of arcade sale, and it just really kind of took off. Um, so you know, I doubt we'll see like a state of the K3 within the next year or so, right. uh, but sooner or later we will get a three. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, if they're still putting DLC out for the game, it must have done pretty well and everything. So, uh, that's great as well. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Well, we got uh, more, well, not news so much as it is just more content, context and content for Cyberpunk 2077. If you're a PC gamer and you're looking to do a build specific for that game, and you also have a giant pile of money that you don't need anything to do with, <laughs> NVIDIA is releasing a RTX 2080 Ti that is specifically styled, branded, and designed for the look of Cyberpunk 2077. Now, when I say a giant pile of money, I'm not joking here. They don't have the specific uh, uh, item on account like for, you know, for like Newegg or you know, Tiger Direct or wherever you buy your parts from. Uh, so I don't have a specific price, but just searching uh, graphics cards on a site that I go to uh, for 2080 uh, for the NVIDIA uh, 2080 Ti's, they are not cheap at all. Take a wild ballpark guess about how much the the NVIDIA specific uh, 2080 Ti's that are out now currently cost. Um, this is just this is just going to be a complete guess. Um... I don't know, like five thousand or something. I, I don't know. No, not that bad, but they're all about <laughs> fifteen hundred dollars. Okay, all right. I, I was thinking in somewhere in the thousands. You know, it would uh, possibly about about two years ago when there was like a massive run on farming bitcoins. They would sell five packs of uh, you know ten eighty Ti's for six thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Why you would need five graphic cards in one machine? I have no idea. I've never had bitcoin completely explained to me on that level me neither. but yeah it's it's not a cheap card even if you go with like some of the other not as high-end brands like evej uh evga or msi or something like that you're still looking at 1100 1200 mm-hmm. so yeah i mean when it's come to gaming pcs and stuff i've always heard the price you know around a, a, a couple thousand dollars is sort of the 
the price range I've I've always kind of heard. So, because um, you know, if you want kind of a cheap laptop like I've got for just you know some more basic stuff, um, you're probably you're looking I don't know between like 150 300 pounds, which is that sounds a lot lot cheaper. But you know, in terms of playing pretty much any game on this laptop, it's it's not going to happen. Um, it does what I needed to do. You know, I can come on here and make the podcast and then go back into my room and play the games on the consoles, uh, which I'm perfectly fine with and have done for almost four years. Um, cause it'll be four, it'll be four years in April, uh, entertainment talk. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's pretty much just the way I've always run things. So, but again, if you want this particular item and you've got the money for it and you're able to get it and you enjoy it, then, uh, go ahead and do so. So there you go. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Well, you've mentioned uh, Last of Us 2, mm-hmm. and it's good news for anybody that's going to be able to attend uh, PAX East. They have offic- Naughty Dog has officially announced that in Boston, uh, where PAX East is being held this year, the Last of Us 2 first public demo will be available. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this is uh, regardless of a new story that you had, that if you want to talk about more, we can, that uh, Sony has officially pulled out of PAX East this year. Yeah. And they seem uh... to be... The, the headline I've got here is Sony cancels a huge uh, PAX East due to the coronavirus uh, concerns, basically. Yeah, and that's one of those things that it's kind of hard to see, you know, what everything is going to go with that, with that uh, um, mm-hmm. that virus going all nuts over, over everybody. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's not that unexpected. There's a lot of the uh, Asian area travels being either severely restricted or just not even allowed. Yeah, yeah. Um, when is this PAX event happening? Because uh, I, I, I don't follow yeah, it's any like of that stuff. <laughs> next weekend, actually. It's February 27th to March 1st. Okay, all right. Um, but, uh, yeah, apparently this event has been uh, cancelled, or, or at least I don't know if PAX itself has been cancelled. I don't know if the whole thing has, but at least uh, from what uh, Push Square has reported, and they've often reported you know, uh, reliable news, because um, we've... We've brought them up on the show and stuff before. Uh, push Square, you know, pushsquare.com if you want to find out some uh, PlayStation news and stuff. Um, yeah, they've basically said the PlayStation's cancelled their uh, PAX East plans, which, you know, of course, Sony, Naughty Dog, PlayStation, uh, you know, it would be uh, to, to do with that uh, with, with The Last of Us 2. So, yeah, it looks like, unfortunately, those who maybe had tickets or whatever or were planning to go, you are not going to be able to play. I assume The Last of Us 2, whether, the, whether or not this will get rescheduled or something, and they'll maybe move move it to a different date. I, we don't quite know yet, but um, yeah, like you said, one of my, not even one of my most anticipated games, my most anticipated game, uh, Last of Us 2. Um, it was cool yesterday to see, uh, I think Neil Druckmann tweeted yesterday, he said like 100 days to go uh, for Last of Us 2, which still seems like miles away, but... Uh, we will get there sooner rather than later, hopefully. So, I mean, it's not in, you know, the the Avengers game, which has just gone up for a pre-order for some reason, is out in September. Whereas Last of Us uh, 2 is out at the end of May, which is much, much closer. So, um, yeah, any other thoughts on this? Uh, no, not really. I mean, it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, playable demos are kind of a hit or miss, just depending on yeah. what's good, what's bad, how much of a vertical slice it actually is. Mm-hmm. What you it know, is whether it's that sort of thing, yeah, yeah. But I know fans of the game that do make it to pass Pax East can't wait to play it. That's going to be pretty much a given. So yeah. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say? Yeah, I, this uh, the Avengers thing I just brought up. It's just gone up for pre-order the game uh, like within a couple of days ago. I don't know why it has already because it's out in September. But 
I don't know. They they like to do certain things like that. I think you can like um, pre-order to get access to the beta, which I did actually do. I pre-ordered the game on Amazon to see when that beta is gonna, you know, because I want to be part of that. But um, yeah, I guess that will be coming out in September, or it's supposed to be. So, uh, but what else do you want to talk about today? Oh, next up that I got is. Um, do you remember? Have you remember um, back? Um, before the actual PlayStation console came out, Nintendo uh, partnered up with Sony to try to make what they called the Nintendo PlayStation, even though they don't really call it that. Yeah, it was um, like the, the tried to, try to put it together or whatever. That, yeah, it was like yeah. one of the first hybrid uh, uh, something games. I mean, if you look at the prototype, it basically has an NES controller, but with Sony... Uh, Branding on it, and it was a console, a uh, cartridge-based console. Right. Uh, anyway, a prototype with one of those was found, um, and they find up every now and then. Uh, it's uh, they they very very rarely ca- come up on the market. Um, but it was uh, the interesting thing is is that it's a current bid of two hundred eighty thousand dollars. With the buyer's premium, which I'm guessing is this site's version of Buy It Now, uh, for $336,000. Hmm. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money, especially since it's just, um, you know, a random thing that you can find um, anywhere. I mean, there's very, very few of them. Nobody really knows how many fully exist because these are all productions. You know, uh, Nintendo pulled out at the last minute and suddenly decided to make their own thing and completely crush the market. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, well, like I've always said, uh, um, anything's worth whatever somebody else is willing to pay for it. Um, I personally don't think a prototype like that is worth that kind of money. But this isn't, you know, these are active bids. Somebody, so there is an active bid of two hundred eighty thousand dollars on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, somebody thinks it's worth that kind of money. Yep, uh, and I'll just continue, I guess, the theme of the episode, if that's something you want to get, and you've got that amount of money, which is quite a large amount of money, um, and it is something that, uh, as I say, pleases you or whatever, then uh, then go for it, I suppose. So, I mean, me, me and Robert haven't got that kind of money. I mean, I've, no, I've got nowhere near that kind of money, but, uh, yeah, I'm still happy with uh, the consoles that I've got, and I'll continue to use those. So, uh, what else did you want to talk about today? Now, for people that own a Switch, a very interesting listing just popped up on the market the other day. Both XCOM 2 Collection and Catherine Full Body Rated Edition uh, were rated for the Nintendo Switch in South Korea. Now, obviously, this is not an official announcement that they are coming to the Switch, but getting them a rated rating in uh, South Korea is clearly evidence that they are ports that are looking to happen mm-hmm. um, I know you play your Switch a lot I don't own a Switch so it's not really anything I can do with that but what are your thoughts on that um, X- XCOM is a game I've considered actually kind of dipping into a bit I'm sort of a fan of turn based things I've liked some of them you know I really liked South Park and uh, a couple of other games I played I need to go back to playing um, Child of Light because I did quite enjoy it I just stopped playing it for some reason because um, that's, that's like turn based as well, so uh, that that was quite good. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, having those two on the uh, games on the go, I haven't even tried Catherine at all, and that's another game I could 
potentially take interest in. Uh, so if this is the case, if these games are coming to Switch, uh, I know Catherine Full Body, which I believe is the actual name of the remaster. Um, yeah. PS4, because that, that, that's actually a PS3 game, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I believe that version's out on PS4, but I've not touched that one either. So I- either the version on the PS4 or Switch I could try at some point. Um, but something like, you know, a long kind of game like uh, XCOM with all the you know stuff that's in there, um, that could be a good game to, to kind of have on the Switch. So, um, yeah, it's a possibility. I definitely want to, basically what I'm saying is I definitely want to at least try uh, both of those games. So we'll see how things go. Um, but uh, yeah, cause it, this this kind of thing tends to happen a little bit. Like it, you'll get a leak, uh, leaked information about like, oh, this game has been rated so and so, which means it's almost getting prepared uh, to be released, or like some information is coming out about it. So uh, that would be quite good. Um, what, what what do you think of these games coming to Switch? Yeah, I mean XCOM especially would be a perfect fit on the Switch because it's turn based, uh, it's three D isometric. So while it is graphically very nice it's not like a super super demanding game mm-hmm. uh, graphically it's not like trying to run doom or witcher 3 or anything like that yeah. um catherine Fullbody, i i've heard really really good things about it i've just never actually played it it's on my list of games that at some point i always tell myself i'm gonna play and i just never get around to doing it for whatever reason yeah. uh, but again like i've always said before you know third party is what's going to make or break the switch in the long run and the fact that we're getting a 360 game that was remastered, well, 360 PS3 generation game, they got a remaster for the current generation, is getting re-redone on the Switch platform. And XCOM 2, which is a, another third-party game that's also coming on the XCOM on the Switch, just shows the strength of the Switch that it is getting people in and invested. Yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, a lot of some of the switch ports of third party games like there there was like a double assassin's creed pack uh, a couple of months ago i can't remember which two games but you know there's like 35 assassin's creed games um how, how many is there? there's like there's like 12 or 15 or something even even me as someone who's considered to my, myself to be an assassin's creed fan i've kind of lost track of um everything that they're, that they're kind of doing there but uh i think i think it was maybe Black Flag and something else, I can't quite remember. But that got recently kind of ported to Switch, and I was like, that'd be great to play on the Switch, but I played those games like six, seven, eight years ago, however, however long ago it was. Um, I saw a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of months ago as well, that like Alien Isolation, which I've seen, I think, two different YouTubers play through. Um, so I like know that I know that game and stuff, and I don't have any need to play it myself. Um, that got a port to Switch, that could be another great game for it, I just happened to have already played it. Um, things like L.A. Noir, I played that on the, I want to say the Xbox 360, probably, when that came out. That got ported to Switch and redone for PS4, but I've already played that, I could I could go on. But, um, yeah, it's just a little bit annoying sometimes when you've, when you've got, because the Switch is a great system, as bad as the Joy-Cons are. Uh, the Switch itself is, is still a pretty great system uh, for, like, on-the-go gaming and stuff, it's just the fact that, a, a large majority of the third-party ports I've already played like six or f- four or five or six years ago, so just a little bit frustrating. But Catherine and XCOM are not two of them, so uh, I'll hopefully be checking those out soon. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the last thing I have comes from the PlayStation blog. Uh, they've started up a contest, which actually started a couple of days ago, in order to reward uh, players that uh, are constantly on their console and constantly earning trophies. So what it is is that uh, you have to go to the blog's website, and there'll be a link 
to sign up for to be entered into the contest. And then they have tiers. Uh, the first tier is that 125,000 games are played and 500,000 trophies are earned starting from nat- from uh, February 24th. Uh, and anybody that can, that is a part of that task and completes that task uh, will be eligible for an exclusive PS4 static theme and exclusive PSN avatar. Uh, goal two is 375,000 games played and 1.5 million trophies. Uh, which is going to be more avatars, and then goal three, which is 675,000 games played and 2.7 million trophies earned. Uh, it's going to be exclusive PS4 dynamic thing. And since these are digital prizes, I can't imagine that they're going to be too, too stingy with them. Mm. Uh, but in part of that is going to be the grand prize when all that's done. And for the grand prize... Uh, you will receive a real-life PlayStation Platinum trophy engraved with your PSN ID, a $100 U.S. Uh, PlayStation Store voucher, and voucher codes for a selection of great PS4 games. Uh, to win, you'll also need to answer a question at the PlayStation Celebration website on March 17th. Uh, and this is going to be just a blitz on it, because it specifically says on the website, March 17th, 2020, at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, which would be 7 p.m. your time. First two correct answers will be selected as winners. So just first one in the gate is mm. going to be it. So cool. Um, yeah, good luck to anyone to anyone who tries to like enter or whatever. Um, the whole the the, uh, the PlayStation trophy thing you mentioned that's probably something that like Greg Miller would probably go for because he likes to get. Lots of trophies and stuff like that. Uh, it's not going to be something I'm going to be really trying to, to sort of go through. I'm just going to be, you know, continuing to play games normally and everything. But, uh, you know, it's good when people win stuff, I guess. And uh, if this is another thing like that, then um, power to those people, I suppose. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I went ahead and signed up just so I could sign up. I know that I'm not going to have <laughs> enough playtime or enough trophies. Cause I don't even bother collecting trophies. I think I've... I think I might even still be like at level three for my uh, PSN ID. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, I don't really achievement hunt that much anyway either. Um, that's more of like if I get them, I get them. Or if I'm like super close to one and I can kind of get it, then I'll do that. But other than that, I don't really put that much effort into getting achievements or trophies. Yeah, I'm just looking on the, the PlayStation app. What well, I'm level 14. I've had my PlayStation longer than you though, so I've. Like, yeah. you know, played more games and stuff. Uh, six Platinums, 84 uh, Bronze, and then 266 Silver, and 1,115 Bronze. Obviously, Bronze is for, you know, your more basic stuff. Um, yeah, so that's my kind of uh, stats. It's annoying that I can't click on the Platinum Trophies just to see what they are, but I think it's two two Crash games, one of the Telltale games, because for some reason one of the others isn't on there. Um. Uh, what's that? Uh, horror game begins with D. Why can't I think of what it's called? Dark Dreams Don't Die. Or... Uh, oh, until until dawn. Um, that's one of the others that I got. Spider Man, and I'm not sure what the other one is. Um, so that's roughly my kind of trophy count. So, um, yeah, I literally don't have one platinum trophy. <laughs> there we go. So, um, just scrolling down to see if it tells me any other games I've forgotten. That I've got uh, platinum for, but I can't see anything. So, because uh, some for some reason I finished the Walking Dead final season, but for some reason it says I've got fifty one percent of trophies 
for a Telltale game. I don't know why it says that. So there you go. Uh, you said that was the last thing you had to talk about? Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so I've got two news pieces this week, uh, one involving Sony. Uh, they, of course, did recently uh, acquire Insomniac Games. Was that like at the start of the year or the end of last year? It was quite recently, wasn't it? So Yeah, about that. Yeah, purchased Insomniac Games. Of course, the developers of Spider-Man, the, the 2018, 2019? Why can't I remember what year that game came out? 2018. Um, yeah, the 2018 uh, Spider-Man game. Of course, the developers of Ratchet & Clank. And I think it's Resistance is the other one, isn't it? Because Killzone is uh, Gorilla. So I think Resistance yeah. is the other one. Um, yeah, of course they developed those games and have you know built a really great port- portfolio for themselves. Um, it was revealed that Sony paid two hundred twenty nine million, which to me is kind of an odd number uh, for purchasing purchasing a studio. Uh, yeah, Sony purchased Insomniac Games basically for two hundred twenty nine million. Um, what do you think of that amount of money for uh, a game development studio? I think it's one of those things that I'm sure that money, it's either like rounded up or down from like dollar conversion from, you know, from yen or from euro or whatever it was. So the number is not really that big of a deal. I honestly thought, you know, they had purchased them a while ago, but I guess I was wrong on that front. Uh, but past that, you know, people have bought weirder stuff. Yeah, certainly. Um, I was just thinking of this in terms of like footballers when uh, teams buy them. Obviously, I know a little bit about that. Um, you, usually in this day and age, now it depends what team and what player. Some players can go for as little as one million, like Ashley Young to it to uh, Inter Milan. Uh, we re- Man United recently paid sixty-eight million for Bruno Fernandez, um, but then we paid things like fifteen million for Daniel James, uh, and then fifty for Wan Bissaka in the summer. Um, last summer I'm talking about uh, the most expensive the, the biggest transfer fee I know is Neymar who went to um, uh, PSG for 200 million now not all that money has been paid that's uh, from basically he's gone from Barcelona to PSG uh, he's possibly going backwards but that's a different conversation for a different time um, he went to PSG for 200 million but I think that that's paid over a course of several seasons or whatever um, so that's like the high I mean even that is only um 29 million short of what uh, Sony here has paid for Insomniac, which is uh, kind of crazy when you think about that. You know, just one kind of... I mean, Neymar's pretty good, as far as I'm concerned, but he's not like, you know, one of the... He's one of the best probably in the world, but I don't think he's worth 200 million. Um, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, just just kind of comparing in terms of those two. Uh, what would you, th- you kind of think about? Yeah, I mean, it's a little different over here in the States because mm-hmm. with NFL the TV contracts are just so incredibly rich and a lot of that gets, uh, and I'm not kidding. The, yeah. the NFL has 32 team owners and each one of them is a billionaire and the TV contracts pull in upwards of like $70 billion a year between all the different various revenue streams. And a lot of that gets transferred down to the player. So if you're in like a premier position, you make an insane amount of money. Uh, the team that's in my city, the Indianapolis Colts, uh, drafted a quarterback, Andrew Luck, and four years ago they signed him to a $140 million contract, and he was out two years with injuries and then retired. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> and then so they had to pay the backup quarterback. Well, they paid the third-string quarterback $8 million for a one-year contract just to keep him on the team. And then the second string quarterback that became the first string quarterback, they paid him twenty million on a contract to keep him on the team. 
And we're just getting ready to uh, run up to the Combine, which is where all the college players that are going pro basically just go through a four-day workout of showing, you know, all their strengths, their stats, how high can they jump, how much, you know, depending on their position, if they need to be like like a big physical specimen, how much can they bench press, how much can they squat. If they're like in a speed position, like at a running back or a wide receiver, how fast their, you know, their 40 is, um, how tall they can jump, things like that. It's basically just prep work for, you know, who the, where they go and who they get drafted in the draft. But pretty much anybody that's a top five draft pick is guaranteed at least 10 million a year. So, hmm. cool. Uh, yeah, as far as I know, with like footballers, they're paid between like uh, I think some some main most main United players are on like fifty maybe seventy thousand a week. Man United, United have got the third. See if it's the third or the second. It's probably the second now. Uh, highest wage bill in Europe. So yeah, some of our players are uh, taking money they don't ex- haven't exactly earned. Uh, Phil Jones, I'm looking at you. I think we're paying him like seventy five thousand a week. It's just stupid. We're pay- we're paying him seventy five thousand a week to do Benny Hill style runs after Bernardo Silva and then pull a hamstring while he pulls a stupid face. So that's great. Yeah, but that's half the highlights on the any league over there is people just like somebody comes up to him and taps him on the head and it's like, Oh my god, trauma injury, concussion ah fake yeah. injury. Yeah. So But yeah, Jones is someone who likes to he's just a um calamity kind of player he likes to just get himself injured really easily but uh yeah that's you know sony has purchased insomniac for 229 million and they will have probably they probably will be doing a spider-man 2 and probably some sort of new ratchet and clank game we don't know if that'll be a remaster of two or three or just a new game or whatever it will be so because there's like nine games in in that franchise so yeah what'll be really interesting um is that with the spider-man game that kind of reintroduced uh two uh, essential Spider-Man characters, uh, Silver Sable and Black Cat. Mm-hmm. And what'll be really interesting to see is that if, with the success of the game, if Sony and or slash some combination with Marvel decides to green light either one or two movies involving those characters. Because hmm. that would actually be an interesting team-up as a movie, you know, depending on how good the script is. Uh, but I would like to see, you know, Black Cat and Silver Sable kind of like a anti-hero slash buddy cop drama you know something like that mm-hmm. that could be interesting yeah that could be good so we'll see what happens with the future of that uh ubisoft has promised five well we'll say promised you know it doesn't mean they're guaranteed to do this but uh five triple a um video games before april 2021 so currently we're approaching the end of february 2020 i almost forgot what year it was um so that gives them a year and a bit you know i'll be 27 in uh, april 2021 so uh that no not 27 yeah, 27. I'll be uh, in April 2021 because I'm I'm uh, turning 26 this year. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, Ubisoft has promised five AAA video games before that time, so April 2021, and one of them is reportedly a new Far Cry game. Um, I want us to do some guessing here, some fun guessing um, what, what we think these games will be. Uh, one of them probably will be a Far Cry game. I can't imagine they'll go too much longer without making new Far Cry games, so I think one of them could be... One of the five. Um, any guesses to what the other four could be uh, from Ubisoft? Uh, uh, kind of hard telling. Maybe another Tom Clancy game because we haven't had one of those 
in terms of like an actual new IP or a new full title, not counting like the updates they're doing mm-hmm. to Division Two or uh, uh, what's the one that's being run right now? Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah, Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah. The, so uh, first person um, shooter thing. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe something in that in that uh, genre. Mm-hmm. I don't I see they, it. I think they've got the Rainbow Six Quarantine game in development. That might be the the next one for them. So. Uh, one other game, probably Watch Dogs Legion. Um, mm-hmm. I I think we could guess. Uh, I'm I'm sick of guessing that Splinter Cell is going to be made because we've been, we've all been doing that for like three years, or whenever. Uh, cause it, it will, I think this year will have been yeah seven years since the last Splinter Cell game, uh, 2013. It was either Blacklist or Convi- or Conviction. Uh, one of those two was was in that year. Um, of course it would be nice if what that was one of them. That would possibly be three. Uh, so let's say right. Obviously one of them is Watch Dogs. Um, one of them, like we said, New Far Cry, Rainbow Six, I don't know the full name, but I know it's got Quarantine in the name, and it's a Rainbow Six game, uh, so that would be three, uh, I don't know where Beyond Good and Evil 2 is at, development-wise, because that's another one that they've got, haven't they? Um, yeah, I mean, technically they have that IP, but they showed that trailer, what, two years ago, and we haven't heard anything from it since? Yeah, yeah, so that'll give them another year or so to get that out, depends what they would show at E3 this year. Um, so that's like a maybe question mark. Um, something Rayman wise, maybe. I don't know. They they did those two D ones that people really seem to like. Uh, wasn't it Legends and Rayman Legends? I think was one of them, and then there was another one that that came out as well. Uh, so possibly let's say Rayman or Beyond Good and Evil Two. Uh, so that would be number four. What about the last one? I'm 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 just not going to put Splinter Cell on this list because I'm fed up of of predicting that game is going to come out and then they just don't do anything with it. Um, maybe something in the Mario Rabbids department. That game was fairly successful. Like Mario Rabbids uh, too. Or maybe just some kind of Rabbids game. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what do you think the other one could be? The the fifth one maybe. Uh, I mean, I honestly don't know. Yeah. Oh, I've... Assassin's Creed. Probably. No, I mean, there's been rumors that it's going to be like a Viking thing, and it's going to be Assassin's Creed Ragnarok. That's that's what I've been hearing for like a year, yeah. Because yeah. they, they skipped last year, didn't they? Um, mm-hmm. And I would imagine a good time to come back would be, you know, launch PS5 holiday this year, revealed at E3. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's that's potentially six. So you'd have what? Uh, Far Cry. What do we say? Watch Dogs. Uh, Rainbow Six, Quarantine, Beyond Good and Evil 2, or Rayman, and then we've said, uh, what game did we just say? Why have I just forgotten that already? Um, Assassin's Creed? New, new Assassin's Creed, yeah. So that's a, that's about five or six. So mm. we will see what they uh, what they come up with. If they um, do do a Far Cry, um, two options I'd like to see. I'd like to see like some of the Fallout from Fallout uh, from uh, Far Cry Five, but not in that area, like. Like go way north into Canada, or go way south into Mexico, or go across the pond. Go like, you know, what are the repercussions of a nuke going off in Europe? Yeah, you know what? What's yeah. the result of that? We need more games set in London, I think. Yep. Um. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, there's the the Piccadilly map on uh, Call of Duty, which a lot of people hate, but that's one of my favorite maps. Um, Watch Dogs Legion is going to be set in the UK, so that's going to be pretty cool. I'd love to see like a GTA set in the UK. Um, Assassin's Creed Syndicate was set in the UK, but that was like you know London, Victoria. I can't really relate to that, can I? But uh, <laughs> um, mm. just something modern day UK wise, because you know the the uh, 
Watch Dogs Legion's going to be like a bleak post-Brexit kind of thing. Which Brexit has happened, by the way. That did actually happen. But, like, it's gone completely silent. So, I don't know if they're preparing, like, the next stage of it. Or, I don't know what's going on. So, um, yeah, we, we've got that coming up. And what was the other game I just said? Yeah, if if they ever did, like, a GTA in London, that'd be that'd be kind of fun. Or even, even just if they, like, a GTA Online London map event kind of thing. Um, that's a more likely scenario. So, yeah. uh, obviously, there's you know FIFA, you know Premier League games set in the UK, but um, that's uh, a little bit different to what I'm kind of talking about. So, uh, cool. That's all the that's the two news pieces I've got. We got some uh, emails here, some feedback. Of course, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter EtalkUK. Uh, there's contact page and information in our show notes. So let us know what you're playing. Let us know what you think of what you're playing. What you're going to play next. What you're looking forward to. All that sort of stuff. And uh, what do you do? What do you think of uh, the recent gaming news? So let us know. Leanne says, "Hey fellas, was recently thinking about was thinking recently, sorry, about some of the worst video game companies and why they do what they do." Uh, the green, uh, sorry, the greed and IP abandonment from EA, the lack of care with Metal Gear from Konami, and Bethesda's recent ability to please fans—that is putting it lightly. Uh, and then she says thoughts question mark um let's just go through com- these three companies one by one and kind of point out like i mean we we already know what i mean i think it's fair to say at least from a little bit from ea side of things that they've done i mean fallen orders are good like okay if they do more of that in the future like less kind of greedy stuff with star wars there was no kind of you know microtransactions loot boxes with that it was just a single player story driven game everyone seemed to really like it i really liked it uh, and that's kind of more of what we need from Star Wars video games. Um, I mean, their abandonment of IP, things like, you know, Skate, Tony Hawk, um, Dead Space, Mirror's Edge, things like that. Uh, closer of, of studios, obviously, the whole Amy Henning relationship fallout. Um, any thoughts on EA and kind of like what they're doing? Well, part of, part of the thing is with the greed and the loot boxing and all that, it only really came to a head with Battlefront 2. Up until then, mm-hmm. people grumbled, but they still spent their money. So as yeah. much as you can complain about EA for the, the greed on their end, at the end of the day, it was a player base that was paying for it and was justifying that greed. It wasn't until Battlefield 2 and there's a big enough backlash that they got rid of it. Yeah. Um, as for Fallout 76, it's just so weird that everything fell down so fast because they were one of the more respected companies in the industry. Mm-hmm. And just the complete lack of self-awareness with 76, especially when you know they delayed the Wastelanders but then went ahead and launched their paid service that wasn't working. Um, we'll see how much they rebound with uh, Doom Eternal when that comes out, and then uh, any other games that comes out in the next year after that. Um, but past that, I mean, at the end of the day, it's your wallet that decides the vote. If you don't buy something because of what they do, and enough people don't buy something because of what they do, then they won't do it anymore. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, the lack of care, Metal Gear from, from Konami. Um, I mean, Konami is the most quiet out of all these companies uh, at the moment. I mean, what what was, apart from, like, you know, Pez 2020 and that Castlevania collection, Metal Gear Survive was, like, what, a good few years ago at this point, like, uh, mm-hmm. three or four years ago. Um, you know, they cancelled PT and, you know, Silent Hill's pretty much dead. Um, they don't have Kojima anymore. He's off doing, you know, 
um, Death Stranding and whatever they're going to do next. He's gone on to, to better things. You know, working with Norman Reedus and Guillermo del Toro and the whole Jeff Keighley stuff. So that's worked That's worked out pretty well for uh, Kojima. Um, you know, came out with a... You know, some people didn't like Death Stranding. That's fine. But it was uh, fairly successful, I think. Um, and then, yeah, just... I mean, we've spoken at length about Bethesda before. They're just... They're just weird inability... It's not like they've kind of... Because they've tried to do things with Fallout 76, but it just none of it has gone well. Uh, you know, they tried to do the whole, hey, we're going to put NPCs in the game, Wastelanders update, delayed, we don't know when that's coming. Um, although I think it got a recent trailer, although I can't really remember the trailer very well. Uh, and then, you know, the whole introduction of the paid service thing, just a weird decision on their part, and just the game still not running well like the core game itself so just just weird like they're, they're just weird ability to just make good stuff has just completely fallen away i mean you know they got a lot of praise for fallout 3 and 4 and new vegas and all that that kind of era and like people really enjoyed doom eternal and like wolfenstein the the new the, the one but before youngblood i think it was called um uh new order wolfenstein new order the one that was before that uh was like critically acclaimed i really kind of liked that so they were on a good track you know with what they were doing and they just stopped being good it's really weird um and uh yeah i think we've kind of covered all three of those companies so uh but anyway let us know what you guys think of of those three and what they're kind of doing and everything at the moment uh daniel finishes off the podcast and the email section so there's been seeing a lot of great coverage for dreams in the past few weeks because of course you know it's been in early access and was getting uh coverage before it actually got released anyway um you know press reviews and all that kind of thing uh what's a game you would like to see get made a new ip or recreation of a dead game um so things like you know people making PT in Dreams and uh, things like Dead Space and you know some other games. So, because uh, I've, I've seen people try and make some some new stuff, some fresh kind of stuff. There's been some puzzle games that I found. There was a little skateboarding kind of mini game that I found, which was kind of fun. Um, what would you like to kind of see from Dreams? I would definitely like to see a new IP because that's kind of the whole purpose of that platform is to give the average person a chance to create a game without having like the massive investment that you would need for a game studio. So and while it's cool for people to make a fan service recreation of a previous game to show they, they love the game, you know, let your creativity out, you know, make something new, make something different, make something that'll blow me away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I forgot to mention someone did make, um, I was searching for PT and there's like a, you know, just the normal level of recreation of that. Uh, someone made a different one where it was like the, the upstairs level of PT, which you never actually go to in the original demo. Um, that's one of the platforms where Lisa's kind of standing there looking at you up from above, you know, all creepily and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's just got like some little bedrooms and, and, and a little kind of platform you can walk around on. Uh, someone, however, made one that was called... Um, PT full game and it's got like this recreation of Norman Reedus's character and you're like doing this whole police investigation kind of thing if those, if those of you want to check it out just search for PT on dreams and uh, it's one that's labeled full game um you know it's you know not up to the standards of like you know normal developers but it's it's pretty good for what it tries to do and for as complicated as that game is to to go through and make stuff and how much time you have to put in like you've got to praise the amount of time people have put into this this kind of game and stuff um and that sort of thing so yeah it, it had all this like third person stuff within that little hallway that you like doing, doing some bit investigating and there was a bit of voice acting in there so i just want to give a bit of credit to that level as well so because that's been quite, I, haven't, I haven't actually finished it yet so 
Uh, that's all. I think I was playing it for about an hour and a half. I don't know how long is left of it, but uh, yeah, it was pretty great so far. So uh, there's that, um, and that is what we've got for you for this episode of Random Gaming Talk. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. Of course, again, if you've got any feedback, questions, comments, that sort of thing, uh, either about video games or any of our other content as well, uh, MatthewAdEntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter, E, Talk UK, there's contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode, um, and I want to kind of echo what uh, Colin said on Sacred Symbols. We don't know when we are going to get any news about PS5, so like next week we could be talking about like, hey, PS5 event in March or whatever. Um, when do you kind of anticipate that happening? I know I've kind of asked you a little bit previously. Uh, they're definitely not going to do anything massive until after E3. Just because, and this is just pure speculation, I think we're going to get a lot of uh, Series X at E3. And if we get a price announcement at E3 for Series X, then they'll show off uh, the PS5 in a uh, state of play and give a price on it. Mm -hmm. Because they have to stay competitive. Now, there has been a Business Insider article that details some of the known parts and put it together as a speculative price. And they're saying as parts alone with assembly, they're looking at $400 just in parts. Okay. Sounds cheap. So a lot of people are saying that it could launch at a $500 price tag. Yeah. I, I'd expect the Series X and the PS5 to both be both be $500 max. Four to uh, five, yeah. That would be my range. Yeah. you can't. I don't think you can go any higher than 500 because otherwise they start to bring out the PS3 $600 mm. jokes. So do you remember that? Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, the whole like, hey, you'll need to get two jobs to buy the PS3, but then, you know, if you have two jobs, how are you going to have the time to use the console? Yeah. Uh, that that was pretty bad. Hopefully they'll just not go anywhere near that. So, But start saving now. Carry like a second bank account and just start, start <laughs> putting in 15, 20 bucks every week. And by the time the game, the consoles come out, assuming they come out this year, assuming they're not delayed by the coronavirus... Right. Yeah, you know, then you'll have enough money saved up that you can just plonk down and buy one. There you go. And we will see what happens with all that. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. You can, of course, find everything that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org. Lots of film reviews. Walking Dead is back next week. Better Call Saul is back next week. Gaming Talk will be continuing. Uh, still doing the Arrowverse Shows podcast, of course. Um, what else we got? I've got to do some video game reviews at some point. I'm just so in between lots of different video games. Uh, that I don't really know what I'm doing in terms of that but I'll figure it out eventually and you'll all know sooner or later Uh, like I said go and check out the new co-host podcast let us know what you think of Barry and everything hopefully you'll all welcome him and uh, because he's here to stay at least for a little while we've got other podcasts planned which we're going to be doing soon so uh, go and check that out as well of course you don't have to listen to the whole 90 minute thing in one go you can listen to it in parts or however you'd like to do that so uh, please consider doing that as well uh, please also consider supporting Entertainment Talk and supporting the podcast you can do that through Patreon please check out the $1 and $3 level tiers that's for ad-free podcast options and review options uh, Amazon affiliate link if you're thinking of shopping on Amazon we'll get a small cut of what you spend it won't cost you extra iTunes feeds please rate, review and subscribe to those of course make sure you're subscribed so that you'll get sent new episodes um, what's the other thing word of mouth of course please tell your friends family people that you know about the website and your iTunes feeds uh, social media please share them on Facebook and Twitter and if you're allowed to put them in different Facebook groups um, what's the other thing uh, yeah video games um, if you want to watch us play different video games me and David stream on Twitch and Robert streams on Mixer and look out for Let's Play Sundays some different episodes coming out for that soon as well so thank you all very much for listening and we will see you next time. 
Goodbye. Goodbye.